What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Brainy, and it is episode 64 of the Jake Podcast. Made you wait a little bit for this one. Had a lot going on recently, and I'll get to all of that in just a few minutes. We've got a one-minute movie review. We've got a couple concert reviews. Got uh, the Week 7 NFL picks and much, much more. So a lot to get to this week. A lot of fun. First off, a little baseball recap. Not going to go super into it because it's really bumming uh, bumming me out that only moments after I recorded the last uh, the last podcast, the Indians decided to really pack it in for the year. I mean, I picked them to win the World Series because I thought they could get it together come playoff time. And to be honest, they looked like a team that hadn't played an important baseball game in a year. And... That basically is what this whole season felt like. You know, the Indians were swept by the Houston Astros, and all I could think about in that series was, did this season even happen? You know, like the last time an, an Indians game that felt like it mattered was when they were playing the Yankees at the end of 2017, you know, to make it to the ALCS. And ever since then, they cruised by the Central this year. There, you know, anytime they lost to a big opponent, we would say it doesn't really matter because all that matters is the playoffs. And then they get to the playoffs and get swept. They didn't hit well, they didn't pitch well. Everything was just in shambles. It is a real gut punch uh, to the to the tribe faithful. It is one hell of a way to send off Chief Wahoo, who on Columbus Day the Indians were eliminated and the last ever game with Chief Wahoo on the uniforms is gone. So. Uh, for those who wanted to keep the chief and for those who would really like the old uh, style and the old somewhat racist uh, logo, uh, it is over. So it is the Block C logo from here on out for the tribe. And uh, yeah, just a just a sour way to go out, you know, for the Indians this year. It was some high expectations and they did not meet them. They really need to change their team this off season. Cause look, they're not going to have any competition in the central, but now you look at the teams and, and just say, okay, in the last 11 playoff games, you're two and nine, you had a three, one lead in the world series. And you, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people like to say they blew it. Like they, you could say they did. They, gassed out you know in that series and then they won the first two against the Yankees and then lost three straight and then another three straight this year to Houston I mean those are great baseball teams it's not like they're losing to teams that they're worlds better than I mean these are teams that are just as good if not better than them that they're losing to but you're trying to win a World Series and you know the the more they lose in the playoffs the tougher 2016 becomes because when we lost that yeah it really sucked but all we thought was we're going to be here, you know, we're going to be competing for a world series and we're going to get one. And now all of a sudden people are doubting that people are looking at the Indians window saying, is it closed? You know, are they going to be able to get back to the, you know, do they have a chance to compete with Boston, New York and Houston? Cause that's what it is right now. It's basically an arms race to want, you know, not to get to the playoffs, but to get from September to October or not from October to November. So, Look, I think the I think obviously a lot of people are just being super negative right now. I think there are still good times ahead for the Indians, and they're a very young team. I mean, Kluber, all of us, you know, not all of a sudden, but now we have to look at him and say, is he a playoff pitcher? We don't know. Uh, the Indians bullpen's gonna be much different next year, but they do return Ramirez, Lindor, uh, and Carnacion. You know, all-star Jan Gomes, but Donaldson's gone. Brantley might be gone. It's going to be a different team a little bit. And, uh, hey, you know what? They should get through the Central again. And if they can figure it out in time for October, look, they still got a great rotation. That's not going anywhere. They still have all those starting pitchers, Franklin Lindor and Jose Ramirez, and that's a good enough start. So, so yeah, so a tough month, tough finish for the tribe. And to be honest, I'm not really watching baseball a whole lot now that they're out. It's just like it's a real bummer. I'm gonna be rooting for the Brewers who I I, I mean, I don't even know what the series is at. I know that they're ahead of the Dodgers 
and I know that the Red Sox are up 3-1 on the Astros, which that one's just that one just sucks because you know, I was watching the Yankees and Red Sox series and I was like, I guess I want the Red Sox to win this because the Yankees fans can be so so obnoxious, you know, can and some of them, but there are a lot of them, so it's it's tough to differentiate. And then I was like, all right, as long as the Red Sox don't win the World Series, because they are so pompous right now, and I'm really over it. I'm very done with Boston sports between them and the Celtics and just the New England rain. You know, ever since like 2002, it's like, I mean, at least one of them is in the championship every year, it's or a championship series. So uh, I'm very done with Boston sports, very done with Boston sports fans. And uh, I will be rooting for the Brewers. Uh, I kind of want Houston to come back on Boston, even though they've been accused of cheating, and now they're letting their success to get get to their head. And look, they backed it up by winning the series last year, so I get it; they have room to talk. But like, they do a lot of talking, and uh, that gets annoying. And another thing that sucked was they got to throw it right back in our faces with the whole Trevor Bauer thing who he picked a fight with Houston Astros and they wiped him and it it's not easy to back him up on all of this so whatever it's it's baseball it's over and uh and we move on move on because it's actually football basketball hockey season yeah to me baseball's over but football football has been a little up and down last time we talked the Raiders eked one out against the Browns in really tough fashion. Since then, the Browns have won and lost a football game. It's possible that this team could be like a 500 team this year, which would be unbelievable. It would be so cool if they could turn a 0-16 and season and then go right to win one and lose one. Uh, we'll start with the loss, which was this most recent game. I mean, they got wiped by the Chargers. I think they were riding high after their win, and some injuries hit, and Philip Rivers hit, and it was just a, I think it's a huge wake-up call. We're going to have to see what the Browns can bring this week after being, you know, smashed. I forget the final score, to be honest. I think it was like 38-14, uh, maybe. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it was 31-14. I don't know. It was it was really a one-sided affair. The score didn't really matter. It was just all Chargers. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield had a, a an injury where he slipped on a first down marker, which is just, you know, really bad luck. But he stayed in the game. It just, it was obvious that he wasn't as effective. And, they you know, the Browns are down to three healthy receivers the whole game. Uh, after uh, Higgins got hurt last week, Derek Willies got hurt during practice, and then Rod Streeter got hurt on, on like the first series punt return. So, uh, obviously really tough to just go into that game with three receivers, especially when your coaches don't know how to rotate the running backs, and they don't play set to valve at tight end. And it's like, well, what are we doing? I mean, we're forcing an offense around players we don't have. We need to play the guys we have. We need to get the ball to the playmakers we have. You know, they finally got the ball to Duke Johnson, but it was only in garbage time. You know, Nick Chubb, he's still getting three carries, 24 yards. It's like, maybe give him eight carries. See how that goes. They're giving Carlos Hyde the carry, who's the carries who's usually good for like one or two big burst plays, and the rest of the game is one to two yards every play. And that's not great. I mean, yeah, you can't blame it all on Carlos because – you know, maybe he would be better off if he got lesser reps. Maybe if you just disperse the carries evenly. Uh, you got to give these other guys a chance. They're making plays and we're not giving them the ball. And I'm sure Baker Mayfield would do well if he was throwing a Duke Johnson who we could really use in the passing game. And set the valve too. We got to get them the ball. Jarvis Landry, he needs to step up and be a big-time playmaker because he got paid big-time bucks. And now we're down a few wide receivers because of injuries, he needs to be the guy that steps up and makes plays because, look, we paid him to do that. It's bottom line. You can't disappear and only make two catches a game. It's just not going to work. Uh, not all is negative, though, because the Browns beat the Ravens the week before in a 12-9 brutal AFC North battle 
Baker Mayfield makes some plays in overtime to get us the field goal victory, which squeaked through the updrights. But as ugly as that is, there is no such thing as an ugly win. I mean, all wins are beautiful, especially when sometimes you have to wait over a year to get one. And beating the Ravens is pretty phenomenal. I mean, it's one of my favorite teams to beat in all of sports. Steelers, Michigan football, Penn State's going up there a lot because they get obnoxious. Boston Celtics, but the Baltimore Ravens might be number two behind Pittsburgh. is my favorite team to beat. It is just phenomenal feeling. Even when it's ugly, because then they make the excuses and their fans are are chap, you know, jawing and saying, you know, Baker Mayfield's overrated and he stinks. And it's like, man, salty Raven fans. This is a pretty cool feeling because they never lose to us. So this was pretty awesome. And you know what? It just shows that the Browns, when they play their game, they could beat some of the best teams in the NFL. And I think the Chargers are a great team, and I think the Browns got a little bit too in their head. The Chargers came prepared, and the Browns did not. We're going to have to see how these coaches respond, not just the players, because we got outcoached on Sunday. And now we play Tampa, and this is a game that if you lose to Tampa and Oakland, those are two of the worst teams in in football. I don't care if it's road or, or home. When you're losing to teams like Tampa Bay and Oakland, those are some of the worst teams in the NFL. So... Good teams beat the worst teams in the NFL. It's time to become a good team and beat those teams. You know, we, we've got winnable games on this schedule. I feel like they can win their home games. They still have the Bengals at home. That's their last divisional game at home. Um, they are going to have to go on the road to some places like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Baltimore. They're going to have to go on the road to Denver. You know, but Denver's not that great of a team. And Kansas City, they're going to be good, but bringing them into our house, maybe that's a victory. You know, like, I, I actually, it's hard to count that one after seeing the way the Chargers played. But you know what? That'll be a good, that'll be a fun Mayfield versus Mahomes game. And as long as we can protect Mayfield, that might be like a 40 point affair for both sides. Yeah, Atlanta, Carolina, like, th- there are some tough games, some, some road games, some easy games not easy but the browns gotta pull out some wins i mean this is just you can't be losing to these bad teams it all starts with tampa bay this week let's see how they prepare injuries happen you got to get over it so i don't want to harp too much on old browns games because we got big games coming up this week in the nfl um you know and and you know we can roll right into the picks you know, that, I think that's the best way to do this podcast this week. Okay, so I'll try to make it quick because uh, I've been told I take way too long doing these picks. So we'll roll one at a time starting now. All right, Denver Broncos at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, look, this this is a tough game to pick. You know, these Thursday night games have been way off on, right? And the Broncos have looked r- real up and down. Like they go to New York and they suck. And they play at home against the Rams, and they almost beat them. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking since they're on the road this week, this might be one of those weird Thursday night games where Arizona might pull this one out. I think this is a low-scoring affair, and I think the Arizona Cardinals, if they give the ball to David Johnson and control the ground game like the Jets did against Denver, I think they can score... Upwards of 21-24 points. I think Josh Rosen, he's going to have his ups and downs, but this is a game where I like him to step up and uh, kind of uh, make some plays. I know it's going to be a tough cornerback so uh, and a tough pass rush. you got to be able to protect your boy Josh Rosen. If they don't protect him, there will be problems. But if I think they do find a way to protect him. I know it's a short week, but I'm not all that impressed by Denver. I think this is a toss-up game. Um, I'm going to take the cards getting two and a half. And I think the Broncos can eke out the victory. Maybe like 21, 19. I think this is a weird game, but I would take the Cardinals and the points at home just because these Thursday night games, I, I like getting points. But then again, I'm, I've only gotten one Thursday night game, right? And that was the Browns hosting the jets. And that was only because Baker Mayfield came in and saved the day. So what do I know about this game? So, uh, um, so maybe maybe you should take the Denver Broncos. Who knows? All right. Next up, 
We've got a 9.30 a.m. start on Sunday morning in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, London. Titans, Chargers. Chargers are giving, is that right, six and a half? That is, that's great. I mean, I, I, that's, I, I like the Titans a lot in that one. You're going to London. The Chargers haven't been home in, in, a, in some time now because when they went to Cleveland, they didn't go back to California. They stayed in Cleveland a couple days and then flew to London. Okay. I, I think the Chargers will win this game, but I think six and a half is a lot to give because I think people are looking at that as they just blew out the Browns and they've only lost to the Rams and Chiefs. And I get that. And I think they're a Super Bowl contender. And I think the Titans played their worst game of the year against the Ravens. I think we're catching one at their all-time high and one at their all-time low. And I think both will come back to earth a little bit this week. I love the Titans getting six and a half here. I think these London games are really screwy, hard to figure out. Yeah, I mean, the Titans, they're not impressive by any means. I mean, they ever since they said we need to be recognized, they've been just like the worst team. But I do think they're better than you know, getting blown out 21 nothing, And I do think they're better than losing to the Bills. So I think they'll keep this one tight, and I think the Chargers will do just enough to win in London, go into their bye at 5-2. and two. Uh, But I like the Titans getting getting 6.5 here. So next up, we have the Patriots at the Bears. Pats are giving three points, and this is one where I also like the home team. You're going to find that is my thing this week are – are the uh, the dogs, the underdogs. I'm a big underdog guy this week. Uh, I just, I think the Bears, they wake up after their loss last week and they get a tough, tough possible victory here. I always like the Patriots in October, November. I think they always find ways to win these games and it seems like they always do. Uh, but in Chicago, it might be a little difficult. I think uh, this Bears defense, if it can get to Tom Brady, the whole game plan is going to be getting the ball out of Brady's hands quick and running the ball and establishing the run because the Bears are great at sacking the quarterback. So I think it's going to be a lot of quick offense for New England, and I think some they get somehow into the 24-27 point range. I think the Bears can keep up with them because they have shown that they have a really good offense at home. So I think this is going to be a tight toss-up game, possibly 28-27 Patriots, but I'd like the Bears getting the three points. All right, now we go down to Tampa Bay. The Browns at the Bucks. Bucks are giving a point and a half. This one's really tough because I don't know Baker's deal. You know, I don't know what his health is at right now. And to be honest, I'm not like loving this a whole lot. I'm going to take the Browns, though, because I'm a homer. So don't listen to me. Don't don't bet this game because I just I like the Browns getting points in these games. I think they are an underrated bunch, and I think they're going to keep getting this like up and down season of people getting on the bandwagon. Then they lose, and people jump off the bandwagon. They say the typical Browns, and then they come back and they'll get you when you least think it. So uh, I'm going to assume Baker's healthy, and I'm going to assume that they drop a game plan that. They don't need to force the ball to Carlos Hyde a billion times and that they can start getting the ball into some playmakers' hands. I think this will be a huge wake-up game for them. You know, Tampa lost a tight, tough game to Atlanta. They almost won on a like ridiculous lateral at the end of the game, but uh it was you know went out of bounds or it was just short and uh they finished, you know, just a couple yards short of the end zone on what would have been one of the coolest endings ever. But the the thing that scares me about their offense is this passing game. And the Browns are down. Now EJ Gaines is in the concussion protocol. And Terrence Mitchell out for possibly the whole year. That's their number two and three corners. So they're now down to TJ Carey starting on the outside. And as much as I love Denzel Ward, they have a great offense. And I think Deshaun Jackson could have a big game. I think these tight ends are going to be a problem. And who knows? I mean, the way that the Browns have been defending the run, why shouldn't Peyton Barber have a big day too? So I think the Bucks are going to score some points. But, uh, you know, I can easily see them winning 27-20, you know, 
27-18 even if the, you know the Browns offense has been really bad recently but I'm going to be a homer I'm sticking with the Browns per usual all right Lions at Dolphins uh Lions giving three and a half road faves this one I I don't know why but I'm gonna stick with the Lions I think after you know the Brock miracle last week I think the Dolphins come a little bit down to earth Lions coming off of a bye uh their offense is well equipped to beat Miami. I think they're the better version of Miami with the multiple receiver sets and everything. So I think, you know, you just look at both offenses and I'm like, yeah, Detroit is everything on offense that Miami wants to be, uh, except they have Adam Gase. So uh, I don't think Albert Wilson's going to have a giant game like he did last week, but I think the Lions three receivers are better than, any anyone on Detroit, on Miami's offense, and I think the running backs are better too than Miami's running backs. And the way that the Dolphins' O line has been getting hurt, the fact that they're either playing a banged up Tannehill or a Brockett Osweiler, I don't I don't like that. I like the Miami Dolphins' defense to step up a little bit more than the offense, but. Uh, I, I think just there's too many mismatches for the Lions. I think they'll be able to score some points, move the ball, and uh, win fairly you know, by like 6 or 7, 34-27. I have uh, the Lions with a touchdown victory. All right, Panthers at Eagles. Eagles by 5 is the spread. This is a great Panthers pick here. Uh, Eagles, everyone has been waiting for them to come back to being the Super Bowl team, and I don't think they're there yet. I think blowing out the Giants doesn't mean anything. You know, when they play good teams like the Vikings, um, when they play the Tennessee Titans, they lost too, and Titans are a decent team. Vikings are are a good team, but they're not great. You know, the Panthers are probably the best team the Eagles have played all year. They, They almost lost the Colts. This is going to be a really big test for them because I think Panthers are even better than Minnesota right now. And, uh, you know, Panthers just coming off their bye. Or no, 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 that was two weeks ago, sorry. Panthers, I think, are just not getting enough love. Getting five points here is great considering this should be a, a decent, you know, defensive game. I think there will be a lot of running the ball for McCaffrey against the Eagle front where they're not going to let Fletcher Cox go through these guards the way that the Giants did. They're going to watch that tape and say, all right, how do we isolate the best defenders? We'll see DJ Moore try and take advantage of the terrible cornerback play. So I don't, I don't really know how the Panthers are going to do it, but this just seems like five is too much for a really good team. So I love the Panthers getting five at Philadelphia. I, I do. Um, next up, Buffalo Bills to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are giving up seven and a half. Love the Colts here. As much as this is a bad team laying a lot of points, Derek Anderson starting for Buffalo. And the Colts have lost some really tough tight games you know i just mentioned they lost to the eagles by very little uh they lost the texans in overtime they have had their chances in these games and i think this is a victory for them it's uh no josh allen so it's gonna be a combination of anderson and peterman there's that's absolutely zero through the air and i think the colts defense is a little bit better than people think even though it's like this no-name defense I think offensively, they're going to have T.Y. Hilton back. Uh, they should be able to... They, they've had this very nice you know, running uh, back combo with Naheem Hines from NC State leading the way out of the backfield out of like the passing game. But I think they're going to throw the ball a lot, and I think they're going to get behind these Buffalo guys. And I don't see the Bills scoring more than like 12 or 13, 14 points. And I like the Colts here. Uh, I it it sounds dumb taking the Colts laying that many, but I just I just think the Bills are more likely to score nine than they are to win. So give me the Colts. I'll lay those points. Let's say twenty one ten. Yeah. All right. Vikings at Jets. Love the Jets here. Uh, Vikings by three and a half right now. I I mean they're going to New York. Who? 
New York's a little banged up. I get that. But I'm going to assume none of these guys are missing game banged up. And uh, the Vikings, you know what? If you, you can pressure Kirk Cousins, you can get him to turn the ball over. The Jets can win this game. They have a pretty good home field advantage they're not getting credit for. I like the Jets to win this one. And you know what? The public money is moving the Vikes. And uh, you know what? It, I just think it's a great, it's a great line, great number for them. This is, I, I seriously see this as a Jets victory. You know, the Vikings have the Saints coming up. They might be looking past the Jets, and the Jets, they're not going to be looking past anybody. Every game's going to be a huge game for them because of Darnold. So yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the Jets, twenty-seven, twenty-four. Uh, I think this is a trap game for the, uh, for the Vikings. All right, Texans at the Jags. This is one of my favorites of the week. I like the Jags by five. Possibly Deshaun Watson's going to be out because he's banged up a little bit. And the Jaguars coming off of two losses and getting just destroyed at Dallas. They are going to be hungry for a victory. They got to be careful that they don't let this division slip into anybody's game. Look, they should be in good enough to score 20 points against the Texans' defense. Uh, I know they're going to be out for net, and their wide receivers aren't that great, and they're down to like their fourth tight end or whatever. Uh, but you know what? They, they're they're better than they're playing right now, and they're getting hammered by some teams. I think that Dallas game was a super fluke. They need to step up. Or you know what? If they don't, they are just some huge frauds who had one good season, talked a lot of shit, and then went into the tank. Uh, I I, I kind of want to see that happen. I want to see them lose again and just be like, you know what? The Jags are are not who everyone wanted them to be. They wanted everyone everyone wanted the Jags to be the next like hot sexy team that everyone falls in love with, but ever since Jalen Ramsey started talking shit, they're a 500 football team. So, I like it's time for them to step up and and be good. The Texans and Jags are both three and three. This is a huge game. But without Deshaun Watson, I just don't see the Texans finding a way to win at all. So I'm going to take the Jaguars, laying the five. Uh, I'm going to say 23-14, Jags win. Okay, moving along to the later games, we have New Orleans at Baltimore. <sighs> I, I hate picking Baltimore. But I kind of like them here. They're just a great defense. And uh, two and a half to the Saints isn't a whole lot. You know what? Fuck them. I'm taking the Saints. I mean, I know there's splits of Drew Brees not playing well. You Nah, I can't. No. The Ravens are going to win this game. This is like a, the Ravens are going to prove that they're a Super Bowl contender. Uh, their offense is playing really well right now. And uh, Joe Flacco is having a renaissance year. Maybe drafting Lamar Jackson really woke him up because he's playing great and he hasn't been playing this well the last few years. But you know what? He figured it out. And they have a better offense than they've had the last few seasons. Their defense is better than anyone thought it would be. It's creating turnovers. It's it's creating havoc. They're good in every area. Their cornerbacks are, are great. And uh, I think they're going to be a huge problem for the New Orleans Saints. Big matchup nightmare for them because they're not going to be able to just dink and dump all over the place because that's what Baltimore is pretty good at defending. Uh, I think if they're going to want to beat the Ravens, they're going to have to beat them over the top and it's going to have to be some big plays. And I just don't think they have the personnel to do that, especially with Ted Ginn now down for the year. So... I think the Saints will struggle a little bit offensively. I think the Ravens' defense will win that battle enough, and uh, the Ravens' offense will be able to churn out some points, and I think they win 24-20. All right, Cowboys at Skins. I love the Skins here. They're giving two, but you know what? I think the Cowboys are kind of like a fraud team, uh, and you know what? Last week was like their season highlight against the Jags. I don't think the Redskins are going to roll over like that. 
two point favorite at home. This is this is a big one for me. I, I think the Skins defense will come to play against their you know biggest rival in the Cowboys. And you know what? It, it's just uh, I don't have a lot, but I think uh, Skins twenty one fourteen over the Cowboys. They are a good matchup. This D line won't get beat up by the Cowboys O line. But the reverse factor, the Redskins O-line versus the Cowboys front seven, I think will control the game enough so that they can get in the end zone a couple times. And there is no passing threat against this Redskins defense. I like them a lot in that. Kind of a garbage division, but whatever. Uh, I'll I'll take the skins. Rams at Niners. Oh boy. Rams, nine and a half point favorites. We gotta hammer the Rams right now. You know, they, they squeaked out a victory in very cold Denver. It is going to be a nice day in San Francisco. And I think people are like, whoa, CJ Beathard left Niners. Nah, they're gonna drop down to earth real soon. Rams love this nine and a half right now. I mean, they are they are a real threat to go undefeated. They're going to win this game by two touchdowns, maybe 17, 18 points. 35-14. I got them by 21. It's it's not much to say. Rams are, Rams are, you want to be on that side of things. All right, Chiefs are giving six to the Bengals. This is, I believe, Sunday Night Football. Let me check on that real quick. And, uh, yeah, it is. So, um, I, I just, you know what? Bounce back game for the Chiefs. Bengals might be reverting a little bit back to the norm of saying, hey, you know what? This team is a 500, maybe 9-7 and seven football team. The Chiefs, you know, at a, after a tough loss to uh, <laughs> to the Patriots, they are they're going to be hungry. That was a tough game. You know, young quarterbacks don't win at New England a whole lot, so... You can't blame them for faulting that one. They were tied with two minutes left. I, uh, I, oh man, I, I, I think I'm just going to take the Chiefs because I think, you know what, big bounce back. I could see it being a little bit tighter than I, I have it in my head, but I'm going to take the Chiefs here laying six because I just think this offense is going to continue to roll out 40-point games. And uh, as long as they stop Geno Atkins, who's a surprise Defensive Player of the Year candidate right now, if they can block Geno Atkins, I don't see them having a problem scoring 40-plus. And I just I don't think the Bengals are, are going to have it tonight uh, on Sunday night at, at Arrowhead, where they're going to be pumped to be in prime time. And now they got to hold off the Chargers, who are going to be coming. So I um I, I like the Chiefs here for a bounce back game. And then Monday Night Football, final one: Giants at Falcons. Uh, two pretty garbage football teams right now. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I'm going to take the Giants. I think they've had a long time to prepare for this one, coming off of a Thursday night game. They're in shambles. The team is a wreck. But you know what? If you need to get your passing game going, this is the perfect team to play. So they're going to have a couple weeks. They're going to have Tampa Bay coming up too, where they're going to be able to possibly throw the ball. And uh, I think the Giants will try and figure it out a little bit enough to cover. I'm not impressed with Atlanta. I think they squeak this one out um, 31-28, and the Giants cover the four and a half. All right, so there you have it. Those are my picks this week. Um, Sure to go wrong on Thursday Night Football, but the ones I really like – I like the Titans. I like the Colts. I do like the Giants to get them out, but now that not not one of my locks though. My locks would be the Titans, Rams, Colts. Uh big fan of the Chiefs this week. Yeah. So uh we I've been back and forth, I've been up and down. I had a really good week two weeks ago where I got nine wins. Uh, only got six last week, but I'm in the game, and I'll be sure to update you next week on my uh, my overall total through seven weeks because uh, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there this year. Last week was a really tough week, a weird week to figure out, but 
Uh, we're back on it. I love picking games, and there's only two people left in my survivor pool, so it'll be squaring off my sister versus uh, my friend Meg, my my friend's wife, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a bloodbath right now. Only two people remain in week seven. I barely made it. Well, I didn't even make it one week because of the stupid tie that the Browns had. Because of course I would pick that game. Anyway. Had a lot of fun. It's not just all about football in this podcast. Been very busy recently. And, uh, yeah, a lot of picking pumpkins and apples and concerts. And, and I got a haircut. And we got high school football. Lots, lots of fun stuff. Tomorrow night, very excited to go back to RBC and see my Casey's number one in the shore, number nine in the state, take on number two in the shore, Rumson Fairhaven. It is the rivalry from my high school days where it is our Thanksgiving game. And for you who don't know what that is around here in New Jersey, every Thanksgiving or the night before Thanksgiving, you play your arch rival. And a few years ago, Rumson backed out of the Thanksgiving game forever. They said, we are not interested in playing RBC uh, on Thanksgiving anymore because we don't fear it feel it prepares us right for the state championship, which first of all, a couple things. Number one, okay, how does RBC not prepare you for the state championship? Well, we you know, we feel like it's the not uh it's the wrong team. You know, we're used to playing quicker, faster teams and RBC's ground and pound. Well, you know what? How do you know you're always gonna get those teams in the state championship? You know, how do you know you're not going to run into an RBC type in that division? I don't even know what division they are because there's like 10, 20. I think there's actually there's four divisions and four regions. I think there's 16 state champions at the end of the year. So, you know, and and I don't think they're in that tough of a division. They're like best best threat is mad one every year. And number two is who are you always thinking you're going to be in the state championship every year? You know, all of a sudden, you might be a team that's like 500. You might lose in the first or second round and not make it to the state championship. So, like, fuck you guys for thinking that's going to be the case every year. But whatever. They're cowards. They backed out of it. And, you know, the one one of the guys that was behind backing out of it was my freshman football coach. And uh, he is now at Rumson as the head coach. And, you know what? If you want to be that guy, that's fine. But you can't out. You can't run away from your rivals forever because the short conference, although it's big, it's not that big. And we get them as a regular season game this year. Undefeated teams squaring off like the bash that it always was. Reminder, we haven't lost this game since 2002. Okay. So uh, it's been a lot of winning. And even though there's a couple years we didn't have a game in there, I mean... Rumson has only beaten RBC like four times in my lifetime. So it's gone from rivalry to we smash you. And you could be damn well sure that Frank Edgerly is going to have the Casey's ready tomorrow night to beat the shit out of Rumson. I'm getting there early because I might get there too. Like if you show up two minutes too late, it might be 21 nothing already. I have all the confidence in the world in the Casey's tomorrow. And even though they're on the road, and even though it's a rivalry game, we're going up against a great football team, we are going to beat the living shit out of the Rumson Fairhaven Bulldogs. You can count on that. All right. Before we end this podcast, on that very nice green and gold note, a couple things. I went apple picking for the first time, and hey, guess what? I loved it. I had a lot of fun. Wish we didn't go two hours away to go do it, but we met up with some of my best friends to do it, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, didn't realize I was that big of a Golden Delicious fan. Had no idea, but I am. I love them. They're the best. Thought I was a gala guy before this, but the Golden Delicious apples were on point, great. And you know what? We got a couple good pictures. My girlfriend didn't love the pictures, so we're going to have to get a better one when we pumpkin pick this weekend. Uh, you know, because you always do it for the gram. Got to get the gram in there. I'm a boyfriend now. I, I know the deal. So got to get a good pumpkin picking, p- 
pictureless weekend. But speaking of pumpkins, I will share also on this post, second year in a row, I have won the office pumpkin carving competition. Uh, last year I had the frat boy pumpkin puking his guts out with beer cans and, and Taco Bell wrappers and the shades on his popped collar. It was perfect. Nailed it. Everyone loved it. Everyone had fun. But I really had to one-up it this year because I'm not just like a one-hit wonder. I want a dynasty of winning this. So what did I do? I made a scarecrow. Put the pumpkin head on top. Print out a bunch of quotes. And made it a scare, quote-unquote, crow. And if you're in the finance world, you know that a crow is a C-R-O. And in our office, that is a complex risk officer and what they do is determine what's ethical and not in the uh in the branch so i had a bunch of quotes around this scare crow that would freak out uh our crows and i had a lot of fun with it it was a very inside joke but everyone that was voting absolutely loved it and i got real kicks out of it and ran away with the competition this year. It wasn't even close. And last year I only won a cutting knife and a cutting board. This year I won actual time off. So pretty pumped that they upped the game this year. Next year I'm going to have to win too. Because a three-peat is what I've always dreamed of. And I think I, I have the ability and creativity to get another pumpkin carving championship. Because I tell you what. I know there's 150 people in the branch, and I know winning two in a year, two years in a row is, is quite, you know, un, not unrealistic because it happened. But I mean, it's to win three years in a row would be amazing. And I got to come up with something creative, but I can do it. I got it. I'll figure it out. And outside of that, outside of that, I mean, as much as I thought. That was it. No, I went to two concerts this week, too. Yeah, that's how that's how busy your boy Jake's been. Started off by going to Bruno Mars, which was, you know, going in. I didn't know how much I was going to love it, and I absolutely fucking loved it. I wore my Adidas tracksuit because that's what Bruno Mars wears. He didn't actually wear that to the concert, which I kind of felt like a dope when he didn't. But uh, I got, like, respect from a lot of people because they were like, hey, that's what Bruno would wear. So I was super comfy wearing the Adidas tracksuit. Bruno Mars, I didn't love every song he played. A lot of his like famous songs are slow jams, but he was able to either make them fun and up upbeat, or <clears throat> he would only play like a verse, and then verse of another one, and a verse of another one. So he almost combined like three songs into the length of one. And uh, he had pyrotechnics. He had like fireworks going. He had choreographed mu music, dancers, lots of fun things going on. And uh, man. Talk about a performer. It was one of the best performances I've ever seen, period. Doesn't help my 10-year bet of will Justin Timberlake still be better than Bruno Mars. I have JT, but uh, Bruno Mars is on his heels. JT, that last album kind of bombed, and Bruno Mars killed it with 24 Karat. So, you're going to have to keep an eye on that one. And then follow that up with an Eagles concert. I mean, talk about the most opposite thing you could possibly think of. I fell asleep during Lion Eyes. I mean, look, I'm not an Eagles fan, but this was a family event, and I had a really good time. Recorded Hotel California, which is one of the best musical masterpieces in my mind, which they saved towards the end and played in one of their encores. And uh, I just had a great time with the families. Uh Snuck out and got a couple pieces of pizza before the show at my favorite, uh, oh, excuse me, I'm going to cough. <coughs> Sorry. Sorry, got to hit the cough button on that next time. Uh, went to Pizza Suprema right outside the garden. One of my favorite pizza places in, in America. Uh, possibly the best in Manhattan. And I had a slice before going to the show. And had a, had a really nice time, even though I fell asleep midway through. But you know what? It's it's about the company sometimes, and uh, I think I think we all had a blast. And uh, yeah, let me know what are your what are your favorite concerts? Let's let's get a conversation going. Let's get a let's get some talks going on with that. And uh, you know what? 
even though I'm not a big Eagles fan, I appreciate seeing them because you never know when you'll never get to see them again. Next up is Elton John next year. That's a great one. One day Elton John's not going to be around anymore. Billy Joel not going to be around anymore. The, these, you know, I've seen Bruce a ton of times, but one day he's not going to be around anymore, and you're going to wish you saw these guys when you had the chance. Never going to see Prince. Never going to see Bowie. You know, never going to see John Lennon. You know, the, you never really know when these things are going to happen. So you got to strike while the iron's hot. All right, last but not least, I'll leave you with this because this has been a long one. And I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. One minute movie review of Drumroll First Man, starring Ryan Gosling, Kyle Chandler, and Claire Foy. Uh, I just came from it. I absolutely loved it. It is one of my favorite space exploration movies. Probably my favorite. Um, I'm going to have to take a longer look at this movie because I'm coming off of it and feeling really pumped up. But man, was it great. I mean, first of all, Neil Armstrong lived a tough life. And that guy is like a genius. I, I got a lot of respect for him after this movie because I never really knew anything about any of the astronauts going in. And you really learned a lot about how risky everything they were doing was and just how much they didn't know and how much they were just kind of doing this and, and trial by error. And I can't believe they actually landed on the moon after seeing how many things failed and how many times that Neil Armstrong could have died. It's pretty crazy that he lived through all of this. It's a bit of a sad movie at times, but it is intense. And I got to see it on the IMAX screen and the absence of sound when they go on the moon, spoiler alert, um, is unbelievable. It is truly like breathtaking that whole scene and the whole way everything was done um loved it absolutely loved it 10 stars two thumbs up whatever you want to do this was a jaker certified movie absolutely loved first man and i've got a lot of movies coming up too i was thinking about seeing two movies tonight and saving the podcast for friday but after that one i was like blown away and i'm like i can't i can't I can't do another movie. I got to go and do the podcast and talk about this one because it was special. But listen, everyone, thank you for listening to the podcast again. Uh, you are truly the best fans I could ask for. And I uh, promise I'll have more of a scheduled regimen coming up. Uh, it's just been crazy busy at work recently and crazy busy house shopping and a lot of a lot of things happening in my real in the real life that this kind of had to take a back seat the last couple of weeks, but I will guarantee I'm trying to get back onto the regiment of podcasting. I got the Thursday one in everyone have a great weekend and we'll talk about Halloween next week. It's coming up hot. I'll recap the RBC football game. Talk a little bit more Cleveland sports. We didn't even talk about Cavaliers yet. NBA. Ugh, I don't want to talk about NBA. So anyway, thanks for listening. Talk to you guys there.